Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, March 27th, and we start with local news. Charges are pending against a Columbia man who law enforcement officials said led deputies on a multi-county pursuit before attempting suicide on the interstate. According to the Williamson County Sheriff's Office, around 4.30 p.m. on March 19th, the Williamson County Sheriff's Office deputy attempted to pull over a vehicle traveling eastbound on Interstate 840 following a be-on-the-lookout call made by a medical official about a reckless driver who was swerving across lanes in a van. Williamson County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Chris Mobley said that the driver, later identified as 54-year-old Patrick Lomantini, refused to stop and led deputies in a pursuit at speeds over 100 miles per hour into Rutherford County, where Rutherford County Sheriff's Office deputies joined the pursuit and were able to use a spike strip to disable the van's passenger side rear tire. The van was recorded on police dash cameras swerving around vehicles, and Williamson County Sheriff's Office officials said that at one point, the van swerved towards a deputy's vehicle, causing the deputy to drive into the grass median. The pursuit passed the I-40-I-24 interchange, coming to an end at the 58.2-mile marker when the van pulled over and stopped, at which point deputies are seen approaching the vehicle with their guns drawn. When we raised, when he raised his hands up, they could see blood all over his hands, so they went ahead and approached the vehicle since they could see his hands, and that's when they could see that he had an arterial bleed from the right side of his neck, Mobley said. So they kind of switched gears and got him out of the van and got their med kits, he said. Williamson County Sheriff said the wound was self-inflicted. Lomantini was transported to a Vanderbilt University Medical Center and has yet to be released and booked on, a pen, on the pending charges of speeding, failure to maintain lane, evading arrest with a motor vehicle, reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon, and aggravated assault on a first responder. Williamson County Sheriff's Office said that Lomantini resisted the deputies who recovered a knife from the van's floorboard, adding that no one else was injured in the incident. Cheers erupted in the chambers of the House Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee last Wednesday when the committee voted 11-6 to in favor of expanding Class II pastoral protections for the Duck River following a weeks-long rigorous debate. Packing the committee chamber in the Nashville Cordell Hall building, dozens of Murray County citizens, advocates, business professionals, and elected leaders showed up in droves wearing green buttons and special t-shirts to support the bill. Murray County attendees threw their hands in the air, cheering and applauding as the final vote was finally announced. Murray County citizenry wrote over 1,000 letters to legislators in support of the bill. House Bill 0447 will designate the Duck River a scenic and agriculture area extending from Industrial Park Road in Murray County to the Hickman County line. Representative Scott Sapicki, sponsor of the bill and river, advocates Advocates have been fighting for the legislation since last fall when developer Trinity Business Group filed a permit application with the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation to reestablish a solid waste landfill near the river at the former Monsanto Chemical Company plant site last summer. The former Monsanto property is now a Superfund site overseen by the federal government and state through a mandatory decades-long cleanup protocol to guard against hazardous, hazardous runoff. 
Trinity Business Group, a Baton Rouge, Louisiana company founded by Sid Bryan, has owned 1,330 acres of property on the Monsanto plan since 1986. Bryan's attorney, Tom White of Toon, Enrikin, and White PC, staunchly argued Wednesday that Bryan holds property rights to establish a landfill at the site, which was previously grandfathered. Representative Brian Ritchie, a Republican from Maryville, along with other, a few other dissenting committee members, expressed concern about trying to settle a property rights issue at the state level. For me, this is more of a property rights issue and a battle locally than here, Ritchie said during discussion. However, a majority of the committee members sided with the citizens of Murray County and Representative Sapicki in their efforts to protect the waterway from future pollution, landfills, and other unwanted development. Representative G.A. Hardaway, a Democrat from Memphis, said he would support the bill even though questions linger about local establishment of the landfills and ordinances surrounding it. There are lots of questions, but I have to err. If, if I have to err, I am going to err on the side of the people, Hardaway said. Murray County constituent Dan McEwen, local real estate broker, maintained that the fight is not just about thwarting a landfill, but about the long-term ecological health of the river, one of the most biodiverse rivers in the world. We have been working to make the Duck River a scenic river on this side of town, McEwen said. We are thinking about two to three generations down the road. We have wanted this a long t time to happen. It's not about just one issue, he said. Although questions remain about whether the bill's passage will ultimately stop the landfill proposal from being approved at the plat in question, Murray County leaders are hopeful. A portion of the acreage owned by Bryan has supported a long dormant landfill at the ex-Monsanto site. Other regulations are also at play, such as the existing state statute commonly referred to as the Jackson Law, adopted by the city and county, which requires an applicant to seek city and county approval before the landfill can be built. TDEC representatives also confirmed that even though Trinity Business Group filed permits with the state, the state's approval or disapproval cannot supersede city and county land use regulations and restrictions. Meanwhile, Murray County Mayor Sheila Budd led the establishment of the Murray-Marshall County Solid Waste Board, which will meet about issues related to the establishment of landfills and the handling of waste in Murray County and beyond. Three permits submitted by Trinity Business Group to build an eco-park with solid waste processing, including a tire shredder and construction waste shredder, are pending under the purview of TDEC. The bill will next be heard by the House Government Operations Committee. With Columbia's annual Mule Day right around the corner, visitors can expect traditional events such as mule wagon trains, live music, the Liars Contest, and the Mule Day Parade, among others. Many of these events will be attended by 2023 Mule Day Queen Addison Codling, who took home the title last month. Codling, a junior at Columbia Academy, moved to Columbia just three years ago. Despite being fairly new to Mule Town, Codling said last month's pageant was her fifth overall. It's like having a job, Codling said, who is originally from Franklin. After moving to Columbia, Codling was encouraged to get involved with the Mule Day pageant to meet new people. In addition to being the newly named Mule Day Queen, Codling also currently holds the titles of Miss Murray County and Murray County's Fairest of the Fair, whose mission is to promote agriculture awareness and education. Codling admits nerves get to everyone, including herself. I go in knowing it's just... Not just about the crown, it's about the impact I can make on the community and meeting new people, she said. 
After graduation, Codling said she plans to go to Belmont University to get her degree in interior design before getting her real estate license, after which she plans to restore homes in Columbia. Even though I'm not a Colombian native, I appreciate Mule Day for the traditional values of integrity and hard work, she said. Codling's event schedule includes riding the Mule Wagon Train on Wednesday, March 29th, hosting Miss Mule Day on Thursday, March 30th, and attending the Liars Contest on Friday, March 31st. On Saturday, Codling will join her Mule Day Queens runners-up in the annual parade. Unless you have participated in a pageant or know someone, you will never know how much work and integrity goes into these events, she said. The Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance kicked off their annual Shop Local Passport Adventure, Where's Murray the Mule, last week. This event, presented by Stan McNabb Chevrolet of Columbia, encourages people to discover, explore, and support small businesses across Murray County. Murray Alliance launched this event in 2016 to support local businesses and provide a fun activity for families during spring break and Mule Week. Where's Murray the Mule is just one initiative from the Murray Alliance to help support the local business community, but it is one that both people and businesses look forward to each year. The event has grown every year since its inception and is now a two-week event with 35 participating businesses. I've lived in Murray County my whole life and discovered many new businesses while participating in Where's Murray the Mule last year. It was my first time to participate in that event, and me and a friend went to 30 businesses in a single day, said Marvin Russell, the 2022 grand prize winner. Those interested in joining the search for Murray the Mule this year can pick up a passport from event sponsor Stan McNabb Chevrolet of Columbia, Murray Alliance, or any of the 35 participating businesses beginning on Monday, March 27th. Once you have a passport, visit as many local businesses as possible, find the Murray the Mule image hidden at each business, and get your passport stamped or signed by an employee. Visiting at least five businesses will enter you into a participation drawing for local first gift cards. Visiting 20 businesses qualifies you for the grand prize drawing. If you visit 25 businesses, you will get a double entry into the grand prize drawing. And if you visit 30 businesses, you will get a triple entry into the grand prize drawing. To be entered into the grand prize drawing, passports must be turned in at the Murray Alliance office by Tuesday, April 11th at 5 p.m. Winners will be randomly selected on Tuesday, April 12th. Two lucky people will win the grand prize, which is $450 in gift cards from participating businesses. Murray Alliance's local first gift cards will also be given away. You can visit www.murrayalliance.com forward slash where's Murray 23 for more information. The Murray County Bridal and Saddle Club announced earlier this month the TV personality and local restoration expert Mike Wolf will be the Grand Marshal of the Mule Day Parade. Wolf, best known for his role in the History Channel television show American Pickers, first came to Columbia six years ago after falling in love with the history, architecture, and at the time, sleepiness of the town. I liked the sleepiness of it at that time, and I still feel like we're light years behind a lot of the area in Middle Tennessee, he said. There aren't many places within an hour in any direction of Nashville that have what Columbia has to offer in terms of lifestyle and the beauty, he said. Being named the Grand Marshal of the city's biggest annual event after being involved in the city for a short period of time just shows the immediate impact he's had on the town he now calls home. This place reminds me of the small town I'm from. I was so involved there on the tourism board, in the fire department, on city council. I was involved, and this place is somewhere you want to make a difference in, he said. 
as he's learned the history of Mule Day and the significant role the livestock played in making Columbia a destination, Wolf said he is honored to be in the role and is excited to share it with his daughter. When you think about the industry and livestock, how spread out and well-known Columbia is for that, I always say Columbia was the Detroit of mules. If you wanted a mule, you wanted to get one from Columbia, he said. I love that it's unique to this town. I'm just a very small piece to a puzzle that I'm so proud to be a part of. It's very small town. It's very Americana, he said. When Wolf first began buying property in the city, it was obvious there was a sort of changing of the guard, he recalled. Families were selling property or building owners were open to someone else ushering in a new era in the city. There are so many towns across the country that are fighting to tell their story and move ahead with heritage tourism, he said. Columbia has a leg up, but it's because they were very intentional in how they laid out the city. They had a plan, and they were very forward-thinking, and they've been laying the groundwork for a very long time. Now, this is our time to steward the ship, he said. Wolf mentioned the late A.C. Howell, who sold Wolf the bicycle shop building on the square, and how he, along with many others, made sure Columbia's rich history would survive. They're sitting back and watching what we're doing, but we're all standing on their shoulders. Everything that's happening in Columbia now didn't happen overnight. This is the effort of a generation, he said. Several downtown buildings are seeing a revitalization, including Columbia Motor Alley, where Wolf has been spending much of his time recently. Columbia is the county seat, so there is a lot of transportation-related buildings, he said. Around town, the work of West 7th Company, you can see a lot of these buildings were service stations, body shops, car dealerships. The great thing about buildings like that is the architecture, he said. The architecture here is beautiful. Obviously, there is a lot of history. Wolf said Columbia holds a high value for people who are seeking unique finds in a place that's still growing and in the middle of a revival. Downtown Franklin doesn't have anything like this, he said. Yes, they have a beautiful Main Street, but when you get out of that, it's mostly residential. When you get off the square here, you can find a lot of older neighborhoods with commercial buildings in them, he said. They are doing some beautiful work in the Arts District with some unique and interesting buildings. Overall, however, the architecture, the history, the mules, none of that matters more than the people who live in Columbia. They are the reason, Wolf says, that he wants to be here more and more. I fell in love with Columbia six years ago. I love the diversity here, he said. Overall, though, it's the people. They're why I'm raising my daughter here in Tennessee instead of up north. You can have all of the amenities you want, but the people are what make a town. They've welcomed me and made me feel right at home, he said. The Columbia State Community College Foundation recently established the Johnson Family Student Emergency Grant from Cecilia and Mitchell Johnson. Cecilia and Mitchell Johnson are former educators who support college persistence and degree attainment. Cecilia is a retired employee of Columbia State, where she worked in both academic services and student services for over 20 years, combined and also served as associate vice president. Mitchell taught part-time in the history department at Columbia State for several years. They continued to live and participate in organization in the college's service area. This fund reflects how important education is to the Johnsons, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. The help provided for students to be successful even when faced with unexpected challenges may be just what they need to complete their educational goals, she said. The fund is designed to help students who are impacted with an unforeseen life occurrence or emergency that significantly interferes with successful completion of classes. 
This can be used to assist with such things as books, fees, testing fees or uniforms, as well as rent, gas, food, or car repair. The Columbia State Foundation is a 501c3 organization that supports and partners with the college to positively impact student success and the communities in which it serves. Following the military's recommendation to remove the names of installations inspired by the Confederacy, the U.S. Navy has rechristened the oceanographic survey ship USS Murray to USS Marie Tharp. The USS Murray was named after Confederate officer Matthew Fontaine Murray, and the most recent ship, the sixth to bear his name, was launched in 2000. Previous ships to bear the name include two destroyers that served in World War I and World War II. Matthew Murray was the nephew of Abram Murray Sr., who Murray County was named in honor of following its formation in 1807. Matthew Fontaine Murray was a naval officer for 36 years before joining the Confederacy during the Civil War and is credited with being the father of modern-day oceanography, which gave rise to his nickname, Pathfinder of the Seas. His 1847 publication, Wind and Current Chart of the North Atlantic, showed sailors how to use the ocean's currents and winds to their advantage and drastically reduced the length of voyages. He later published Sailing Directions and Physical Geography of the Seas and its Meteorology, and his uniform system of recording synoptic oceanographic data was adopted by navies and merchant marines around the world and was used to develop charts for all of the major trade routes. According to Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro, the United States naval ship Murray was renamed after Marie Tharp, a geologist who produced the map of the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. The change was made official on March 13th. The Department of Defense began renaming military facilities last December following approval from Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. The installations and facilities that our department operates are more than vital national security assets, Austin said in a memo to senior Pentagon leadership. The names of these installations and facilities should inspire all those who call them home, fully reflect the history and the values of the United States, and commemorate the best of the Republic that we are all sworn to protect. He said. Columbia State Community College will host former Congressman Bob Clement for a special presentation on March 30th at 4 p.m. Like his father, Governor Clement, Congressman Bob Clement has enjoyed a remarkable life and career in public service, said Dr. Barry Gidcombe, Columbia State Professor of History. Because it was Governor Clement and his commissioner of, commissioner of Education, J. Howard Worf, who created the community college system in Tennessee, we thought it fitting to invite the congressman to speak at Tennessee's first community college and in Columbia State's building named for his father, Governor Clement. The presentation is an opportunity for the community to visit with and listen to the former congressman who has a unique connection to Columbia State. We're looking forward to hearing what Congressman Clement has to say about his life and career and the legacy of his father, Dr. Gidcombe said. The presentation is free and open to the public. It will take place on March 30th at 4 p.m. in the Ledbetter Auditorium located in the Clement Building on the Columbia campus. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have clouds early that will give way to generally sunny skies for the afternoon. The high will be 71 degrees with winds out of the north-northwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight we can expect partly cloudy skies becoming overcast overnight. The low will be 44 degrees with winds out of the north-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. 
Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. The Mules are back in town. Mule Day 2023, the wagon train departs on Wednesday, headed to Murray County Park. 
Attend all four days, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. Mini Mania Show and the Log Pulling Competition Thursday at 12 noon with the Feed Time Race at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m., Jackpot Mule Races has some smoking fast mules all competing for cash and bragging rights for the title of the fastest mule in Tennessee. Friday at noon is the Driving Mule Show and at 6 p.m., the Gated Mule State Championship. Saturday is a big day, the Mule Day Parade on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia at 11 a.m. sharp. Then Pony Mule Pulling at noon. Mule Pulling Tennessee State Championships and the Skillington Draft Mule Show at 2 p.m. On Sunday, we have worship at 9 a.m., the Riding Mule Show at 11 a.m., and gospel singing at noon. Did I mention Friday and Saturday? Ham and white bean plates are only 10 bucks from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of Mule Day events. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Legislation seeking to block Tennessee's Medicaid program from contracting with any insurance company that covers gender transition health care in another state has stalled in the Senate. House Bill 1215, sponsored by House Speaker Cameron Sexton and Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally, would eliminate all of TenCare's contracts with managed care organizations covering gender-affirming care in other states. Blue Cross Blue Shield, United Healthcare, and Anthem are currently allowed to sell TenCare plans, and all three cover gender transitions in other states, but not through TenCare. TenCare covers over 1.7 million income-qualifying Tennesseans, half of which are children. The bill carried a critical fiscal note which said TenCare would have to eliminate its current managed care organization system, forced to switch to a fee-for-service model. A fee-for-service model means health care providers would bill TenCare for every test, visit, or procedure. Critics argue that model encourages doctors to order more tests and procedures regardless of the outcome. Sexton said he disagreed with the idea that other insurance companies couldn't step in. There would be a lot, Sexton said. There are a good dozen that could provide those services, he said. Sexton's office did not respond to a question asking for the names of insurance companies that could provide this coverage. Most major insurance companies cover gender transition care in other states. There were also questions about the bill's legality because the federal government must approve all 10 care changes. The Senate has not moved the bill to a committee, and Adam Kleinheider, Lieutenant Governor McNally's spokesperson, said he has no plans to run the bill in the Senate. The House deferred action on it to the end of the legislative session. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today, and now our final story. Tennessee has 56 amazing state parks offering a range of activities from hiking and camping to boating, fishing, and biking. Whether you enjoy camping, walking the trails, or spending time on the water, Tennessee State Parks has something for everyone. Here are a couple you should check out. Henry Horton State Park gets its name from former governor of Tennessee, Henry Horton. The park was constructed in the 1960s on Governor Horton's estate. The park offers guided river floats, biking, disc golf, golfing, hiking, and fishing. Standing Stone State Park is located in Standing Stone State Forest on the Cumberland Plateau. The park takes its name from the Standing Stone, a 12-foot-tall rock standing upright on a sandstone ledge, which was supposedly used as a boundary line between two Indian nations. When the rock fell, the Indians placed a portion of it upon an improvised monument to preserve it. The stone is still preserved in nearby Monterey, Tennessee, The park offers hiking, boating, fishing, and birding. And don't forget Rock Island State Park is an 883-acre park located on the headwaters of Center Hill Lake at the confluence of the Caney Fork River, the Collins River, and Rocky River. The park offers boating, hiking, picnicking, and fishing. To learn more about Tennessee State Parks, visit www.tnstateparks.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.